Hey everyone, it's Kier here. You might know me as funsize.nutrition on Instagram. I am a fitness and nutrition coach, mainly specifically for petite women. Um, and today I have a very special guest on here who is not a petite by any means. He is actually 13 inches taller than me. Um, I... <laughs> I can't even record this podcast right now because I'm looking at him and he's making me laugh uncontrollably. Um, to be fair, I'm not always. doing anything. No, but um, he's just there and that's just what he does. But anyway, my guest is my boyfriend, Justin. Hello. <laughs> I have the unique privilege of being Kirsten's boyfriend. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> I'm happy about it. Because <laughs> for a second, it didn't sound like it. <laughs> I well, it is changing. It's, it's normally we do this setup that we're recording in right now for the other podcast that we do mostly together. It's just in time. But for Cures and Cure here, this is the first time you've recorded with a guest face to face. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's I think why she's got the giggles. So if you do enjoy this podcast, which I hope that you do, um, you should probably check out our other podcast, which is It's Just in Time, and you can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts in general, and you should check it out because it's pretty hilarious in the fact that I just crack up the entire episode. Yeah, it's a lot less a lot less focused on her side. <laughs> she doesn't have to be as so she's really good in her podcast at having her ideas, getting her ideas together, getting them out, and talking to whoever's her guest. But then on it's just in time, she's just it's free form. Yeah, I'm the co host and I have no yep. idea of what Justin wants to do. To be fair, most of the time neither do I. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um this podcast is going to be specifically about having a petite partner or having a partner who is not a petite and how that works with food and such. Um, because I do find that a lot of times I have a lot of clients who come to me and they're like, Oh, my boyfriend doesn't understand what I'm doing. And it's hard for them to get their point across to their boyfriend and to get that support or spouse or husband, whatever it is. Um, any gender, all that. Um, but so that is a, a main concern from most of my clients and most of the people that I talk to is that their partner doesn't understand. And I get that totally. Um, and one of the things that Justin does really well is that he's completely understanding and completely patient with me. And I want to get into all of that and kind of interview him on what it is that he thinks about <laughs> what I do and just everything in general. Cause I think coming from his side, it will be very eye opening for you guys. Well, I think at a very loose kind of introductory space for that, from my point of view is that being supportive of whatever your partner, friend, family, people are doing, it helps people achieve things. Like that's one of the things that comes out of some of the basic weight loss goals is do it with a group, do it with a team, make yourself accountable to somebody else and having anybody else supporting you or going, Hey, how can I help? Is just kind of, that's a, that's a default role one. If nobody knows you're trying to take care of yourself or trying to do something different, it, it, there's no way for them to help you anyway. So I think one of the very first things is just knowing that that's occurring. Like the communication about it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes getting like the communication about what you're doing is hard to get started. Like I'm saying from a petite standpoint, it's hard f sometimes for women to be like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do because not a lot of us when we're in that situation of, you know, not being confident about our bodies or just not confident in general. So it's really hard to get that communication across at first. So I hope that in this episode we can help and give you guys some tips about like how to kind of break out of that. I th yeah, in that conversation space, I think one of the things that helped us so much early on is that before we started dating and we just kind of knew each other and we talked about stuff, we talked about things from a very open framework mm -hmm. without kind of uh, judgment or push. It was just like, and here's what I do and here's why I do it. There was this huge period of exploration of each other's kind of 
approaches, attitudes, and ways of dealing with things to the point where when it did turn romantic and we started talking about feelings and how to talk about feelings, one of the first things that Kier recommended was the love languages, the figuring out your love language book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great stepping stone in this direction for not just talking to a partner, but talking to anybody that you care about is knowing how to communicate with them so that they hear you and so that they want to engage. Totally. And I think that the Love Languages book is is an excellent primer on empathy. <clears throat> Excuse me. But and when I say primer on empathy, I mean that the whole book is trying to get you to... And there's Goose. <laughs> the whole book is trying to get you to hear the other person and understand how they're feeling. And it's a, it's, and and that's just so simple. And then when you get to stuff like, um, petite, so Kira is short. Um, (laughs) I am not short. How tall are you? I'm six foot one. So, and I'm five foot nothing. Well, I'm five foot 13. We can say it that (laughs) way. (laughs) So 13 inches Um, taller than me. Right. But that also means that I'm, I'm massive. Like the, there's this thing about animal size called the cube square law. And every time you, this is going to be boring for some of you, some of you are going to no, be like, No, I yeah, think it's interesting. Cool. I love it. Um, See, I'm smiling over here because I'm like, yeah, it's talk nerdy to me. So the cube square is for every time you cube the height of something, or excuse me, the other way around, every time you double the height, you're going to cube the volume. Mm-hmm. Like, so elephants are just massive. Mm-hmm. Giraffes are massive. And so that foot seems like, oh, it's only a foot taller. That, you know, it's, it's five to 10 inches a pound. It's, it's 60 pounds, but it's not. It, that also means that my hips are wider and my shoulders are wider and I have a larger gut. Like all of the bits are bigger pieces. And so because they're all these bigger pieces, there's a, um, I'm just, I'm just larger as a person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to be a foot taller, but twice the volume is, (laughs) is very, that, that means that I also consume more than twice the calories on a normal day. I consume, you know, when I'm not paying attention, you know, that this is since I met Kier, I've learned a lot of her stuff. And so her sharing that stuff with me has enabled me to lose weight in a controlled manner. In the past, a couple of times I've really gone for it and lost weight. I either exercise, I don't change my eating habit at all. And I just exercise. I don't change my eating habit at all. I just exercise like crazy. And so I've run a bunch of marathons that way. And then the other one is I, you know, a year ago I I had this, this really bad situation. I got pretty depressed. I wasn't I didn't have depression. I was just depressed. And so you, you, your eating habits gets all messed up and you drink more and then you just kind of don't take care of yourself, care of yourself. And you come out the other end of that and you're like, oh, I lost 10 pounds. And then I was sick and I lost another 10 pounds. And that's not a great way to lose weight. But in the last, since uh, January, really working with Kier and just kind of, there's a mindfulness and awareness and watching how, when, and why she was eating. Some of that I've done, some of it I don't do well, but that's a different space. And that's kind of understanding that. So it's something that I think surprised me too, is watching Kier and watching the volume you eat is impressive. (laughs) Yes. But then, but here's, but it's crazy because the volume that she eats is because the food is so appropriate. It's not what we're used to, which is the massive amounts of fat and carbohydrates, carbohydrates and all that stuff in the food. There's, she's so macro balanced and eating just like actual food, not processed food, but just actual food that when I started eating the way she was eating and tracking it, I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm eating more. This is more food on my plate that I normally have. And I can't eat it all. And it's fewer calories. And that's a, that's a, sometimes a challenge. It's like, oh my God. So it's strange to watch her eat five meals a day and every plate is full. And then at the end of the day, she's like, yeah, I have, I've eaten like 1500 calories today. <laughs> like, how, 
I don't know. That doesn't. And then you start doing it and you understand. So from my point of view as a, as a partner, I think that not just seeing that occurrence and that kind of stuff happen, but engaging in it so that you can know it inside. Cause it's much different to see it and go, okay, I get that that plate of broccoli and that candy bar are the same number of calories, but it's not just that they're the same number of calories. It's that they're totally different kinds of calories Mm -hmm. that your body does totally different things with Mm -hmm. where you eat a candy bar and you go, cool. Now I'm, I'm fat and tired. And you eat the plate of broccoli and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go and have more broccoli because I haven't had (laughs) enough to eat today. Okay, so I want to kind of backtrack a little bit and just kind of get into a little bit more of background of you. Um, Because if we do have petite partners listening to this, I want them to feel like they're relatable to you. um, And not like you're just like this one random guy that like really understands out of nowhere. I am Um, one random guy. That was the second (laughs) choice title for my podcast. It's just in time. Subtitle, one random guy. I'm going to let Goose take over this one. It's probably a package. Nah, it's the neighbor. You can see where she's looking. (laughs) Tail like crazy. Don't you guys feel like you're in our kitchen right now? Um, but anyway, tell us a little bit about like your background with sports and yeah. nutrition um, a little bit further. Yeah, that's fair. So, okay, so I played sports casually in high school, and I never really played sports in college. As a matter of fact, the colleges I went to didn't have football teams for the most part. They, Me either. Yeah. <laughs> Flagler had... No football. Yeah, but did it have any? We had baseball, like and soccer, and, okay. and basketball. Those were the bi- oh, golf too. Uh, we had Division One fencing. <laughs> that was our big D one sport. Um, but because I didn't, sports wasn't a huge thing for me. Um, I enjoyed it and I played it, but I didn't play it at a level that that you have this crazy dedication drive and you're doing the training, you're learning the the how to lift all the weights and what food you need. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just played. I played in high school and played for fun. And so that was never a huge thing for me. And then food wise, I never really had to diet. I was active just as an active kid, Mm -hmm. not with sports. I didn't actually play team sports until high school. So I just kind of ran around and rode a bike and rollerbladed and played in trees. Yeah. So being tall and having, you know, this, large allotment of calories and also being mildly active, not like severely active where you're an athlete and then you're getting that nutrition piece, um, education in that, because I think that's what happens a lot of times with like big sports or D one, like you do start to get that nutrition piece from your coaches and stuff. Um, but so like, as just kind of like teams have nutritional coaches, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying for you, for someone who's like, (laughs) never really had nutrition as like a thing that they've ever focused on. Um, and then like you did some running, some Mm -hmm. marathon trainings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, like, but that was just the training side. It was never the nutrition side. side. So, um, like, I guess my question is like, so once we met and we talked Mm -hmm. about what I did, was there ever this kind of like hesitance to be like, I probably shouldn't eat this in front of her. Oh, interesting. Um, Like kind of like this lack of confidence. Cause I think that's a lot of times what I see too with people. They're like, Oh, she's a nutritionist. Uh, We should probably like not eat like bad food around her. And then say sorry about eating bad food around her. And I'm like, no, I'm a person too. Like that's cool. So I I think one of the things that really kept that from being a thing for us is also the other part of it is that, when you came out here to see me and then I went out to Florida to see you, uh, you were in the middle of dealing with your HA stuff. And mm-hmm. so your diet was totally different. Mm-hmm. And so I think that early on, like when we first met, I had no problem eating whatever I wanted in front of you because I was in vacation mode anyway and I didn't care. <laughs> um, but then I think that period of time where we were together for like two weeks – and 
trying to be aware of your different habits. Just kind of, I, I check myself, but I don't think I ever felt bad about it. Okay. But I think that that's because I don't, I don't really feel bad about much. Yeah. That's different. That's, <laughs> that's a different piece. Guys, get comfortable. Everybody get comfortable with who you are. Be okay with it. <laughs> but even, <clears throat> even when there were opportunities where I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a cocktail. And you are not drinking because you're, you're staying on your macros. And hey, everybody listening, alcohol is the worst thing for any kind of weight loss or training or sports or anything. People do it all the time. Think how much better they could be if they didn't have the two beers at the end of the day. Um, it's a huge multiplier effect. It's such a hang on. And I, I absolutely see that when it when I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking for January. And it was huge. Yeah, that was a was big a jump start. Huge things for, her, for him in general because he tends to drink quite a bit at night. Wow. Which is not, I mean, not in a bad way, but now like. again, let's go back to the, the premise. I'm a huge person. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like you, for you to stop drinking alcohol for a month was pretty impressive, at least from my end, because I didn't think that was something that, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm still was, learning you. Yeah. Um, we also met at a point where. I was trying new things, and that was a new thing for me to try. I'd never done, I haven't done dryuary ever, and then I did it this year, and <clears throat> it was very successful. It was really a, a, a good thing, generally, for my health, and I recognized and could see the effects, and having it be, a th- it actually started before January, because I got sick, so I couldn't drink anyway, <laughs> and so for like a week, I was sick, and I wasn't drinking. I'm like, oh, I'll start, keep not drinking, and it worked really well. Um, so I know that that's there, but in that same space, then at the end of January when I'm like, okay, we're out, we're at a nice restaurant, I'm going to have a Negroni to start and then I'm going to have wine with dinner. And I, I, I don't think I check with you the right way. Cause I check and be like, do you want anything? And I shouldn't really be asking you if you, you want anything. Cause if you do, you'll get it. Like it's, it's, I have to be, learn how to be comfortable with your comfort as well mm-hmm. and let you tell me. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's important is for for both of us to be willing to say, okay, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. At the same time, I kind of like when you ask if I want anything because I feel like if you don't ask and I do want something, it's harder for me to be like, <laughs> yeah, um, screw you. I'm going to have this anyway, you know? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I. I guess I like when you ask. I, I think the communication piece is amazing. Like, I don't think we should just assume that one wants and one doesn't. Yeah. So anyway, um, on that topic of like kind of January ish, um, I want to talk about the transition of what we've seen with this whole quarantine thing too. So yeah. when I first got here in January, Justin was still going to work every day. So, um, I was working from home and able to eat, throughout the day, um, without having him around. So I didn't have to worry about like mealtimes matching up or, um, anything like that. And we only had dinner together. So I would eat throughout the day. He would come home and we'd have one meal together and that was it. Um, so a lot of the times what I was doing was I was still planning out my meals like I normally would. And then, um, you know, making that space at the end of the day for a dinner with him. And we had gotten on this really nice rotation of planning our dinner meal at least one day before and being like, okay, what do you want to have tomorrow? That way I was able to plan out my whole day and meet my macros without, you know, having to spill over and feeling upset about it or feeling like I wasn't doing something right. And at the same time, I'm not sure if you really knew that I was doing that. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, and that's that was a that was something that I found out after the transition. I had little echoes of it on weekends because we had a <clears throat> we had this kind of this space where there was a beginning to that. Where in the past, when I've lived with people, there's this almost tacit understanding where you go, okay, what are we going to, what are we going to do for breakfast? What are Mm -hmm. we going to do for lunch? What are we going to do for dinner? And on weekends, there would be times where we're, our schedules would be off or something. And I'd turn around and you'd, you'd be eating. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm on my own for lunch. And in the back of my head, I thought that without actually recognizing that that was actually your second breakfast. And then when I had lunch, you had you had lunch too. And so there was this this, and again, it was a communication thing where I just didn't know how it was stacked. Yeah. And then when I transitioned to start working at home, and I'm trying to plan ahead and plan all the meals like I'd plan dinners, and that doesn't work. Because to plan all of those, you can't do it for two people. Yeah, no, it's really hard to do They're different sizes two. and are on yeah. different kind of schedules and macros and burns. And so I didn't know that right away. And, and I think that we... I think the big adjustment to that is going, okay, we have dinner together. Mm-hmm. And if something's going on or we're going to go hang out with people or go, well, not right now hang out with people, but, you know, if you go have a breakfast or go somewhere and we're going to be in the car for an hour, that, like then we'll schedule stuff together. But beyond that, if we happen to have breakfast or lunch together, it's almost incidental. Mm-hmm. It's It's nice, too, because there's so much ceremony around food in our culture anyway. So to extract that and not have it be like, oh, it's it's lunchtime and it's this big event that you prep for half an hour and you eat for half an hour together and then you sit there for half an hour. Instead, it's like, oh, it's time for this many calories to get in my body and I will put them on the scale and measure them and now they are in my body. Mm-hmm. On with the day. So I think um, I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, but like in January when I first got here and we... <laughs> We're kind of doing the thing where you were at work and I was here kind of whatever. And then meeting up on the weekends, we did start eating the same thing Mm -hmm. um, on the weekends around the same time. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there going, this is not working for me. I didn't necessarily come out and say that right away because I'm like, I need to try new things. I am not used to living with someone. so Right, and that's what I mean. When we'd sit down, I'd go, hey, you want eggs? And I'd, I'd make us both eggs. Right. We'd sit down and eat eggs. And two hours later, you'd be into the pantry for yeah. whatever that meal and so was going was was to be. There was also this period of him like making the same thing that he would make for himself for me. And I'd be like... Uh, can I have like one less piece of bacon or can I have egg whites instead of eggs? Um, and so I would make these little alterations and, um, I think that's just another interesting point is that like, you don't have to eat the same thing when you're eating together. I like, we do that at restaurants all the time. When we go out, we order different things because we're in the moods for different things. But you can do that at home as well. Like you can still enjoy a meal together by eating slightly different things or even different things. Like we have lunch all the time and he'll have a giant sandwich and chips, which look great and amazing. But at the (laughs) same time, I'm like, that's not going to help me. So I'm going to eat chicken and green beans and potato and be completely fine. And I I think that's something that comes out of how, again, how ceremonial and structured food is for so much of society. And if we take that and we pull it apart, we get this whole new space where it's like the time in between it, where dad wants to golf and mom wants to, it kind of sounds so stereotypical, uh, quilt with her friends. The only reason I say that is because my dad wants to golf (laughs) and my mom wants to quilt with her friends. Although my mom does golf with my dad at least once a week and she's fantastic. My dad does not quilt though, so that doesn't work. (laughs) But when they're home, you know, dad, dad wants to putz in the garage and work on the cars and my mom's doing crafts and sewing things or painting things. And that's, it, it, it should be okay to do that with food too and go, Hey, today I'm going to do carb cycling. I'm going to do carbs mm-hmm. and fats and carbs and fats and carbs and fats. And I go, okay, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's really okay. Like not eating the same thing and not being like, oh, today we're going to have a pizza together. And then for breakfast, we're going to go and get omelets. And then Mm -hmm. for lunch, we're driving through Taco Bell. Even if he wants to drive through Taco Bell, you can sit there and go, kill, enjoy your Taco Bell. Yeah. And I think what's nice, so with being in quarantine now that Justin is working from home, Um, that was a whole nother adjustment for us because I'm used to just eating on my own schedule and eating. You know me, I'm always adjusting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was really bad. Corny. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the schedule thing is, is right. It is. Yeah. So 
what had happened or what's still happening that I notice is that you and I are on completely different schedules where like <laughs> I'll eat a meal and then like an hour later you'll eat a meal and then like two hours later I'll eat and then an hour later you'll eat and it's kind of like throwing me off of like oh I see him eating then now I want to eat and not that I want you to change when you eat I'm not saying that, but I think that also plays a role into, you know, that miscommunication of, you know, another a partner not being supportive of the other because it's like, well, why are you not eating mm. with me and and all of that? Um, but I forgot where I was going with this. Um, oh, but yeah, so you see me eating now throughout the day, which you talked about a little bit before about um, having more meals and seeing a lot of volume on the plate and all that. What do you think of that? Like, is that so out of left field? Cause I know partners in the past yeah. have talked about ha- like not eating at all and then having this yeah. massive thing for dinner. Yeah. So I've, I've dated quite a few girls that are smaller, that are five foot five, two and a hundred, 120 pounds. And they're, behavior and diets have been contentious with food. And so I've seen people that have bad relationships with food. And I think one of the things that I appreciate with how conscientious you are around it is that you don't have a bad relationship with food. You like food very much to the point where you go out of your way to make sure that when you're balancing your macros, you're eating foods you like, Mm -hmm. like I'll come by and be like, I want some of that. And you'll let me have it. I'm like, that's really good. I want it. I will have that. You know, it's, it's not, it's not all rice cakes and cardboard and yogurt. I mean, that's there, there's no cardboard, but there is, there are rice cakes and stuff in it, but you, you put peanut butter and you, you make Jelly them. On it. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not bland. Yeah. It's not 18 pieces of celery, four carrots and a piece of chicken. And that's yeah. what you do for the day. It's a very well balanced, tasty kind of setup. Yeah. So I, I I think that having had having been with people who have had bad relationships with food, seeing your relationship with food is not it's not daunting at all. It's not kind of scary or anything. It's just kind of refreshing, if anything, you know, just to have you be comfortable. And it's that awareness too that we're talking about earlier, where it's it's not just. It's not just that you're eating and tracking and everything, but your understanding of how it affects you and what it does and what you want out of it is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a difficult piece for a partner to see when they're not petite. And that's one thing I appreciate about you because you're, you see that, like you understand that. Um, so which do you mean the, the volume that you eat or just the way that you eat the awareness piece, I think. Um, and, and just that it's not necessary. Like it is dieting, but it's not like it doesn't, Mm. it's not like your typical thought of yogurt and cardboard kind of thing. Yeah. So I think a lot of the times, your partner is not seeing all the things that you eat all the time. And like, when you do say like, no, I don't want that extra piece of bacon. They're like, Oh, you're not eating anything. You're starving yourself. I I think one of the things that's, that's key in that and isn't just a food thing is figuring out what your verbal noise does to somebody. And by verbal noise, I mean the things you don't think about saying, the things that just come out of you because you would respond that way to one of the guys that you with. Oh, you're not eating another sausage? What's wrong with you? We eat another sausage. <laughs> four more. Have four more sausages. Put all these sausages in your mouth. Why am I blowing up on that one? Anyway, <laughs> put all these sausages in your mouth. That, that kind of, that, that space and the stuff that you just kind of do if you have that kind of relationship with some of your friends you have to recognize how much different it is for a partner. That stuff that you just say without thinking about it, mm-hmm. that, that background white noise that can be hurtful. detrimental. Yeah. It's not deliberately hurtful. It's just sitting there 
you're chipping away at somebody. You don't even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's just thinking about what you're saying, and then not saying it. That's the second part. You can you can think about it. And go, oh, oh yeah, that'd be funny. I'm gonna say it, <laughs> and then it's not funny. <laughs> I think that's the thing guys get in the most trouble for, is that we think it's funny, and honestly, it probably is. But on a sitcom or a radio show, or to your friends in the locker room, mm-hmm. but it's not in the kitchen. It's not good at the dinner table. <laughs> it's not good in the gym. It's not funny. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I think a lot of the times, so with my experience with guys who are into nutrition um, and think they know the right way, um, a lot of the times they see us and they're like, oh, you're not eating enough. And that's, that's a really hard thing for a petite woman to hear because what happens when we do eat more is that we gain weight. Like so what, what guys are these? Are these guys that are like working out two and 50 pounds of muscle? Right. Yeah. So they're, they they're don't, bulking. yeah. And they don't see that opposite side and they're like, Oh, well we're all human and we all need the same things. And that height, that inch isn't really that big of a deal. Yeah. But the gender has a huge part to play with it right too. because of the hormones yeah and absolutely there's just so it's it's so complex and i mean can, nobody's injecting estrogen to get strong right you inject testosterone yeah. to get strong exactly it's, that's how it works your mm-hmm. your body stores food and energy in a different way just because of your chemistry right and your chemistry is dependent on your gender or your sex because gender's no, it doesn't matter. Right. Your, and, bi- your biology. Yeah. And everybody is so unique and so different that, you know what? Sometimes there are those. Hear that, guys? You're unique and you're different. You're your own special unicorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there are those outliers of girls who are like 5'9", who are skinny little twigs, who can put away quite a bit of food and not gain a lot of weight. There are those people, but that's not everybody. And that's so that's one of the things that. I think is one of the biggest flaws in discussions right now or for a long time really is whenever you use one outlying thing as evidence of the whole thing. So when you go, Oh yeah, well I know this girl who eats whatever she wants and she's five nine and she drinks beer with the guys every day and she weighs 120 pounds and she's, you know, that great. You have no idea what she does with the rest of her life and you have no idea what, her biology is that allows her to do that. Mm-hmm. She could be doing two hours in the pool every morning, you know, and so she's on the Michael Phelps diet putting calories away. <laughs> but that she's, even if she wasn't, even if two people do exactly the same thing and one of them has different results, that doesn't mean that that's how everybody works. Exactly. It's actually proof of the opposite, that that's not how everybody works. Mm-hmm. That's how that person works. So you have to be super respective of, how individual every individual is, you freaking unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> you fun size unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> Funicorns. <laughs> That's gonna be my mascot. A funicorn. It should be oh a, my God. a long-necked it's... unicorn giraffe, the funicorn. It's really sharp, but it thinks it's tall. It's gonna have like a little party hat and this little thing. <laughs> Oh, we got it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, (laughs) back to topic. (laughs) What would you say to someone who is dating a petite and having a hard time understanding that they do have different needs, smaller needs? Yeah, I... I think the best way to get that through your head for the partner is to to do things together and track them together, specifically exercise. I think it's unbelievable to me that if you go on RunKeeper and put in, I am a six foot one, 200 pound male, and then have your partner put in, I am a five foot tall, 110 pound female, and then go on a run and look at your calories at the end of it. 
and the expenditure is nowhere near. It's one of the very simple, simple object lessons you can do that goes, oh, okay, cool. So now I need to eat 100 calories, and I need to eat 400 calories, right? And that difference is, it's not easy to just know, like, because you're going to say it a million times, but they're going to look at your plate and remember what mom said. Mom said, clean your plate, eat more food, you know? And so it's, it, that's one of the ones that needs to be more than words. It, there's got to be other avenues to hit it. The one that they know but they won't admit is alcohol. The shot, the schedule, when I was a bartender for a while, and they have the little cards, and the card says, here's how to estimate how drunk somebody is. And the first thing is, is it a boy or a girl? And then the second thing is, how tall are they? And that's, that's, that's it. Once you have those two things, you can go, oh, well, here you can have two drinks and you cannot have any because you're probably drunk just being here because yeah. you're so small. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that difference, the calorie difference when you're running, and then just what your basal metabolic rate is, like just what you need to keep your body alive is so much different. Mm-hmm. And sitting down with somebody and calculating that out helps the understanding and I, I think I, I've known that from having smaller partners and doing all the tracking stuff. Like, um, did Tim Ferriss's four hour body once. And one of the first things is like, just measure everything. So you get out of tape measure and you're like, okay, here's my arms, here's my legs, here's my waist. And then you track them through the course of a month. But at the same time, you're tracking your calories, you're tracking your exercise. And so it's, if you're looking at both profiles right next to each other you're going oh jesus look at this this is totally different and that that pylon doesn't happen just by being near and seeing that behavior and going oh well clearly she's fine because we have the same energy levels and i won't worry about her food because again food is a cultural thing and i think that that plays right into it and so the the best thing that you could do to try and get as a petite woman to try and get your partner to understand or as somebody who's trying to understand their petite partner is look at the numbers. Just sit down once and go, okay, let's track one day in the life of and see how different they are. Yeah. And make sure that you're doing the same amount of activity because if she's doing a hell of a lot of activity and you're just sitting on the couch, those numbers are going to be a lot more relatable. Um, But yeah, like it's got to be the same amount of activity and the same amount of food. Yeah. To see, but, um, yeah, I think you make a really good point of just like looking at the numbers. So, um, well, I think it's, it's anytime you look at just from a pure lifting weight standpoint, if you got two people next to each other, one person's lifting 200 pounds and the other person's lifting a hundred pounds, you know that they're not using the same amount of energy. Mm-hmm. You know that they don't have the same body right but for some reason when that weight isn't on a bar it's on a person it's different in your head somehow and it it shouldn't be we should be able to recognize that hey i'm i'm pushing an extra 50 to 100 pounds and you're not yeah a lot more (laughs) cells you have a lot more (laughs) you have a lot more muscle fibers and a lot more Blood and like so, there's a lot of things that are just different. Yeah, but super key on that one. Yeah. Um, and what about if a partner is not listening to this? Which I would love for that to happen for you and your partner to get on here and listen to this podcast together at the same time. Don't just give it to him and expect him to listen to it because he probably will not. But if you go on a car ride or if you're, I don't know, going for a walk or something, like listen to this podcast together and then talk about it afterwards, I would love that. And if you do that, please message me and let me know how it went and what happened and all of that. Um, But say, like, what would you, Justin, say to, sorry, I know I confused you, but what would you say to... Um, a petite girl who can't get their partner to listen to this or can't get their partner to understand. 
<laughs> I, I, I think that if you have a partner that's not willing to engage with things that you want them to engage in, or if you have a partner that's not willing to hear you in the first place, I don't know if it's the petite part that's the problem. That's okay. That's, I think that's a great that's, point. That's where I go And I that. know it's a really hard thing to say, like to be like, you know, reevaluate your relationship, but communication is everything. If you can't communicate to your partner, then yeah, there's probably a lot more going on on top of that. I, I don't want to open a floodgate. I don't either. Like a bunch of but I think it's important to like, say. Oh, I had a cute little girlfriend. She didn't like me anymore. Like, I, <laughs> sorry, dude. I just think it's important to say because I think not a lot of people are that honest. Yeah. That's, that's a weird statement. I'm going to kind of <laughs> soft pedal on that one before I get into anything <laughs> philosophical. But I do think that... That if you're, if, if something as simple and foundational as food, exercise, and the health of your vessel, the health of the body that you're inhabiting are something that you can't talk about, then how do you talk about how you share your vessel with each other? How do you talk about how you share your mind with each other? How do you, how do you talk about those things? If you can't be like, I don't want to put this in my body. I don't want to eat this sandwich because I need to have a chicken breast today. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do you, how do you discuss things like how are our finances? How is our sexual health? How, which car should we get? How should we drive? The things that stack up and create the life that you share with somebody. If you're just kind of coasting and going downhill cause it's easy, you can do better. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I'm not saying ditch him either. I'm saying that that tell him to do better. Tell him to try with you to help you steer mm-hmm. instead of just coasting along. So another thing that I like that we do together um, is, well, maybe not necessarily a lot, but sometimes we cook together and sometimes that's really nice. Most of the time, to be honest with you guys, Justin cooks because he really enjoys cooking. And I think in the beginning, um, not that I was afraid because I did tell you when I didn't want certain things, but I think a lot of the times um, there's this fear of saying like, no, I don't want that right now or I want less of that um, because I don't want you to feel upset I don't want you to be like, oh, she doesn't like my cooking kind of thing, which I think happens a lot, especially with men. You guys have huge egos. Um, It's that, like, I don't want to make him feel bad because he made me something, and then if I'm not going to eat it, he's going to, like, feel bad. And I think, and again, that's another nice thing about you is you're totally understanding and patient with all of that. Um, but I've seen that happen with some of my clients before in the past is, you know, their partner enjoys cooking for them and then they feel really bad about saying, no, I don't want that. Um, so I think one of the best things that's helped us is just, again, that communication piece of talking about it and then cooking together. And yeah. then not only just saying like, no, I don't want that, um, but saying I don't want that because this and ha- and and it's not just like no I'm not going to eat that slice of cake I'm g- not eating it because it's going to make me go over on my carbs or go over on my fat for the day and then yada 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 yeah, like and, and explaining it I think the the other side of that conversation is really we're really good at too and that's the before so sitting there and going okay this week what are our meals going to be. Yeah. What do we have if we don't want to have the other things and, and what other things do we have? And so we go, okay, there's, there's always uh, a protein, a veg, and a starch for a meal. What mm-hmm. are they going to be? How are we going to pair them? So the discussion around having dinner isn't, well, what should we make today? Should we, you know, it's, it, it makes shopping and cooking really easy because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of breakout from the baseline stuff and then when we do it's kind of exciting it's like oh today we're gonna do this thing or that thing and then 
but having that baseline and coming into it at the beginning of the week, um, and Kira, you were looking at a, a, a cycling thing where one day is high fat and one day is high carb and how that would align with meals. And you brought it up as you were talking about it and trying to figure out what that schedule is going to be. And there's not a lot for me to do to shift to accommodate that because we have that already. We have that, well, here's our dinners. You just tell me which dinner we're having and which night we're having it on. And then success because mm-hmm. we have different breakfasts and we have different <laughs> lunches anyway. So that makes it so that it's, it's easier to kind of get there. But again, that's also because you are very patient and accommodating and willing to do that. Um, it's not what that, it's not hard at all to to sit down together and yeah. be like, hey, like these are our options for the week, and I think that's been super helpful for us because we do. It's it's not like we're having the same thing every single night, which a lot of people think yeah. that that's what they have to do, but mm-hmm. that's not the case at all. Like you can have like two or three different things that you can have throughout the week and alternate them each night and keep it different and keep it interesting throughout the week, and that's something that we've done extremely well. Yeah, there's this, this, I think one of the things that we do for food that works really well is going, hey, we're going to make a big thing on Tuesday and it'll last us 10 days. But that big thing is, is barbacoa or pulled pork or chili or, you know, it's some large thing that has a lot of leftovers that are easy to reheat. Mm-hmm. That way, when there's a day that's hectic and stuff didn't line up and then it's dinner time, there's no that, well, crap, we have to eat horrible. Let's go pick up a hamburger <laughs> We're, that's not even on the horizon because we go right. cool we've cooked there you go something. let's heat it up we're good mm-hmm. you and there's that meal prep for you yeah yeah the meal prep is super helpful yeah so um yeah those are like my two biggest tips at the end there is like the cooking together and then planning out your meals yeah planning out at least dinner well, it's, together. it's the other part of cooking together, shopping together. Yeah, like shopping together you, is good too. Yeah, as you walk through the store and talk about different things and how you feel about different food, mm-hmm. like take a trip down the baking aisle and the ethnic aisle mm-hmm. and see how people react to different sauces, different kinds of meal in a box things, different kind <laughs> of I'm serious, like cake mixes and stuff too. Yeah. Don't buy them because you don't need most of them. But it's really interesting to see what kind of relationship people have to those foods. And honestly, after doing that for four months with you, I feel like by this point, I know what you're likely going to eat and want to eat. And I feel like if we did need to go shopping separately, we could do that at that like by now. Yeah. Because we've done it, you know, almost every time we go to the grocery store, we're together. Um, but I know that a lot of people don't have that luxury, that time, like the time doesn't match up. And like the last thing they want to be doing together is going to the grocery store because that's a chore and they just want to have fun. Um, and it's hard when you have kids, kids or and dogs. All that. So, or- uh, yeah, I totally understand that. But I think just like doing it maybe once or twice is like kind of like a, a date thing. I think that's fun. I think it's an interesting activity. Talk about what fruit you like and why and what fruit you don't like and why <laughs> and what fruit you eat and why. Because that's the other thing with something like this is I know that Kira likes watermelon, but she's not going to eat it because it has so much sugar in it. But that kind of stuff is just good to know. It's not that I won't eat it. It's that I won't eat it regularly. Yeah. I that's, think that's another piece yeah. too. Um, yeah. Because then you go, okay, cool. What's our refeed day? Let's have a picnic and mm-hmm. do watermelon and foods by and the pool. And that's a good know. point because we recently had prime rib on Easter. Justin made this amazing prime rib. And it's not something I would typically have because of the fat content. And he was like, this was great. Do you want to have this again? And I, I was like, uh, not often. <laughs> like, I, I loved it. It was great. It was delicious but it's not something that i'm like yeah let's have this every monday like it's because i think that's something that guys do though too is they go oh you like this i'm gonna get it for you all the time yeah there good point but that's like getting roses every day yeah if you get roses every day then the day that stands out is the day you don't get roses Mm -hmm. instead of the day you do get roses 
So, yeah, recognize that some foods are are for celebration and for ceremony. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, guys, you're just putting fuel in your tank. Yeah. And if you put the right fuel in, the car gets a lot sexier. <laughs> <laughs> That's another good point because I think a lot of the times um, guys are like, or just partners in general, like, you don't need a diet. I like you the way you are. You look great. But what that partner doesn't understand is that the petite, or just anyone in general, when this happens, when they want to lose weight or transform or, or do anything like that, it's not that they don't look great where they are. It's that they don't feel great where they are. Yeah, and let me... Let, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want to backtrack a minute and saying that I, I don't ever think that... that my partners haven't been sexy. No, they've been, okay. <laughs> that's I, not what <laughs> I didn't take it that way. I, I hope no one else took it I, that way. I do want to frame up though that when your body is healthy, sex is just generally better. Um, and then on top of that, the the shifts and the difference in where your mind and where your libido is fluctuate with your weight too. A hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. So for me and my experience, um, if I don't feel good about myself, I don't want to have sex. I don't, I don't want you to look at me. I don't want, maybe it's not you, but, um, (laughs) I'm saying in general in the past, this has happened and it's like, I don't, I don't want to do those things. And I know it's hurt my relationships in the past because I wasn't able to talk about it. And it was something that kind of not stopped sexual relationships, but like lessened them. And that's not fun. I mean, when your partner like really wants to and you don't, it's then you feel guilty and then you feel bad for it. And then it's just, it's not fun. It's uncomfortable and whatever. And I know that when I do feel my best, that sex is just so much more incredible and that I can freely be myself and just like really unleash and let go kind of thing. Um, and I think what happens is that, is that the mental thing of trying to figure out what you look like to your partner, that block or just um, like the physical comfort? Physical comfort. Okay. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of both. Is like I don't, I don't want him to th- like look at me and have roles and I, like I don't know. I guess it goes both ways, but it's also just that you know that confidence piece is that when you're not confident, you're not going to hold yourself to this certain way, and you're not going to feel good. Um, but so I think getting that piece across to your partner in in that like if you're uncomfortable where you are and you want to lose weight or transform in some sort of way. And they're saying like, no, you look fine just the way you are. Communicating to them that it's not about how you look, it's how you feel, I think is so much more. And it's also like, hey, like if I feel better about myself, this is going to be better on your end too, because we're probably going to have sex more and it's probably going to be way better. And guys... Part of what she's saying and part of what the the girls listening to this, I'm sure, are thinking are when they're walking around and having an off day and saying, yeah, I don't really feel it today. I'm, I'm going to skip dessert. They're like, oh, yeah, you totally could lose some weight. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the vein to do it in either. The I think the vein is to affirm her decisions and choices and trying not to interject what you want into that. True. Right? So it's not, yeah, cool. I, that's, yeah, lose some weight and then we'll, the sex will be better. Mm-hmm. That That's, you should never say that. <laughs> you should never think that but either. The way, but yeah, the way to support is if she's, if she's going, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to do this diet this week. You go, okay, what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. Not go, great. Get rid of that ass. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> That'd be bad. No, but I think another it's, thing that you do yeah. really well is just compliments too. And and it's so subtle. It's like, oh, you look pretty. You look good. Um, 
just kind of infrequently, but that's also that like reassurance, like, oh, he likes the way I look regardless of what I actually look like. Let me, let me add something to that that I think that you do really well is you take compliments really well. Like in the past, I know people who, when I say, I have said, Hey, you look great today. They go, Oh, I looked shitty yesterday. You're like, no, I I didn't mean that. (laughs) Or be like, Oh, I'm going to wear this dress. And I go, Oh, I like that dress. Oh, well, what about the thing I was wearing earlier? I'm like, the, so girls be aware of that too, that both, both sides Forgiving and receiving compliments it takes two, like mm-hmm. dancing. Yeah. It's like social lubrication dancing. I have to thank one of my friends for that, for the accepting compliments really, really well. Um, so this goes back to Swimsuit USA, my one and only pageant that I ever did. Um, I roomed with a girl named Lauren. So shout out to Lauren. I don't know if you would listen to this, but... She's amazing, and she just was this free-spirit girl, very, like, loud and happy, good positive energy, and just didn't give a fuck about what anyone thought of her kind of thing, and I love that about her. And I think on the very first day that we met and we started talking, she was giving a lot of compliments, and it almost made me feel a little uncomfortable because I wasn't sure how to receive them, and I think she, like, picked up on it right away, and she's like... No. <laughs> no. Like, here's what happened. So she was like, oh, like, I love your hair. And I was like, thanks. I love yours, too. And she said, no. Take my compliment. <laughs> Accept it. Say thank you. And that's it. Yeah. It's like, you are owed compliments. That's all. You don't have to give anything back. You don't have to say, like, oh, but, you know, yesterday I felt like shit. Like, or anything like that. And and that was such an eye-opening experience for me that'd be like, yeah, you are so right. Own your compliment, take it, accept it. It doesn't mean that you can't give a compliment later, but have that moment. That's your moment. Allow the compliment to be an honest compliment that's one directional and not an exchange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love that. And that's It makes a lot of sense. And I think that me. that's something that that boys and girls crossing... The gender divide, especially in kind of the classical space, aren't good at, in part because guys, I think, are so used to ribbing on other guys. Like, the the default for guys isn't being nice to each other, it's being mean to each other. And in some some girls, it's, it's so much to be nice to each other that they're mean to each other by being nice to each other. Yeah. Like, that, that whole two or three layers to compliment stuff is so weird. It's creepy. Heather's crazy stuff. Um, I, I see it. I don't totally understand it. I don't think anyone understands it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but I, I, I do appreciate that you, yeah, you know how to take a compliment. I appreciate that you give them. Oh, I appreciate that you appreciate that. See, now we're in this exchange. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to keep track of this. So that was one. (laughs) But you gave me a level four compliment yesterday. So I owe you at least three more. (laughs) Like there's that ledger stuff that happens and that's, that's unnecessary. Oh, that's, that's something else that I think is really important is not keeping track of this stuff and going, oh, well, I, I cooked this time and now you cook this time. Mm -hmm. When you talked earlier about me cooking. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I, if I was alone, I would have to cook for myself every day. Yeah. And I think that's so also the, this stigma is like the girl has to cook kind of thing, which has changed dramatically for me since being with you is that that's, a, that's yeah. what I did in the past. Well, in all my past relationships, I was the one cooking. Well, I think there's also this, this roles and responsibilities piece where people are used to having chores or if they have roommates, they have the chore wheel and now it's your turn to do these things and those things. And early on in our relationship, you had, you had run the laundry and were folding clothes and I came over to help and you, you're like, no, I'm doing this. And I didn't get it at first. And then we talked about it a little bit. I'm like, okay, you, you want to do that so that that's the thing you're doing right now. And it's not to get me to help. And there's no kind of push or control on that. It's just, I'm doing it. I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. This is me right now. 
And I think it's okay for that to be that way too. It kind of layers into the whole food thing. Yeah. If you're eating, I don't need to go, okay, I'd better make food and sit down with you. Right. Yeah. Not at all. There's three pieces there. And I think you pretty much nailed it as one. Like, I feel like I want to help in some sort of way. I don't want you to do everything. Because I feel like cooking is a big piece, right? Cooking is like a really big chore. Um, Not chore, but it's a really big piece of roles. Existing. Yes. (laughs) Like being in a Um, house with other people. Right. So like, I'm like, well, if he's got this, like, then I can definitely handle the laundry aspect of things. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I guess it's two big pieces. I don't know where I was going with three, but I, the, (laughs) the last, or no, the second one. Okay. The second one is that majority of the laundry is mine. So there's also this piece of like, this is my stuff. And, like, I want them to be folded a certain way. So that yeah. that might just be my OCD-ness. Um, and then the third piece is just, ladies, I know you know this, but it's really uncomfortable to have someone else fold your underwear. So <laughs> that's all I'm saying there. Well, I'll add in that if you, if you date a petite, recognize that sometimes it's going to feel like you're folding the underwear of a visiting 12-year-old girl. <laughs> And that is awkward. <laughs> yes. It's, it's strange. It's like, oh, this is... This is really tiny. These are small. <laughs> this, how does this fit you? I don't... <laughs> I'm just going to put these over here because I don't know what to do with them. Exactly. Yeah, so I, it's like, it's really yeah. awkward to watch and to think that you would be doing that. <laughs> It's like, no, I, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation? Um, I, I think that the the discussions that Kirsten and I have had early in the relationship and about how the love languages and then how that kind of gears up, all of these things layer into the same space in a relationship. And that's not just ending up together. It's not just fitting together, but it's continuing to explore how that engagement occurs. The boundary between any two people is a fluid, amorphous, bizarre thing. And the more you attempt to understand it, the more entangled and strong it will become. And so all of these things, in my opinion, are layers upon layers of connections that the more you have, the harder they are to separate and the stronger they become for when COVID comes along and everybody loses their job (laughs) or somebody gets sick or um, there's a car accident or an unplanned pregnancy or the, the dog gets hurt. None of those are simple. None of those are easy things. And the better grip you have on understanding each other's people, I think the better people you'll be because of the other people. Meh. 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 I like that. (laughs) Good. So weave your connections and look at this as another vector to weave your connections. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. And I hope that we could do this more. Well, I know that we will on your podcast, but I think that there's a lot of things that you and I can talk about that I think would be really good for my audience as well. well I think lifting and the fitness side too, yeah. not just the diet side, but the... Yeah. So you guys might be really lucky and get another um, episode with Justin. We're going to weave our connections together. Oh, yeah. Listen. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> you should probably check out our other podcast. It's Just In Time. And Justin, would you like to talk about your podcast a little bit? Sure. So it's just in time is 20 minutes of my time. So if you come over there and listen, you have to listen to what I want to talk about. (laughs) For the most part, we talk about Vegas and how living in Vegas is different than visiting Vegas. But with COVID-19 putting us in kind of a lockdown situation, we're now exploring kind of how people are handling that. So it's a different podcast now, but it's still about Vegas mostly. Yeah, and throughout the podcast, I am laughing. She does laugh ridiculously. A lot. So you can come and listen and see if you think I'm funny. Also, 
Yeah. I don't promise. Yeah. Let me know if I'm just crazy. Yeah. Crazy in love. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. All right. On that note, we're going to end here. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at funsize.nutrition. If you listen to this episode with your partner, please let me know. Shoot me a message um, and let me know what happened and what's going on with you guys. Guys, if I made stuff bad or awkward, don't I don't want to know about it. <laughs> I won't tell him. Okay. Just tell me. Yeah, tell, it, tell her. No, tell us anyway, because then yeah. we can kind of fix it as well. Like and maybe tell we me if I'm wrong. Said the wrong thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but this is just our experience and what's been working so far. Yeah. So thanks all. Thanks. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>